Hi, I'm Evan Hunsberger. I'm a manager, marketer, and musician based in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I'm Will Overman. I'm a singer-songwriter based in Charlottesville, Virginia. You're listening to Deep Cuts and Coffee. This podcast is based around the idea that the best art and the people behind it often don't get the attention that they deserve. We aim to change that by interviewing creators from singer-songwriters to filmmakers to small business owners and discussing the creations that don't involve the new single on their album, the blockbuster film that just hit theaters, or how stock prices do or do not impact their pie shop. As two working creatives closing in on a decade in the music industry, we're not just interested in the result, but also the strategy, vision, and grit it takes to successfully combine two things as seemingly incompatible as art and business. As for the coffee, well, everyone may put their pants on the exact same way in the morning, but not everyone drinks their coffee the same. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a cup with Deep Cuts and Coffee. Our guest today is not only our first guest and a talented musician, he's also a dear friend and an overall great human. He fronts the band Lord Nelson, a rock and roll group out of Nelson County, Virginia. They've played notable festivals including Lockin and the Festi, and have toured nationwide. In 2015, they released their debut record, The County, which they followed up with Through the Night in 2018. And he is currently working on a solo record. Please welcome to our show, Kai Krogetti. Hey everybody, this is Kai Krogetti from Lord Nelson, and you're listening to Deep Cuts and Coffee. Boom. Beautiful. We're winning. Cool. So uh, have a good one, yeah. guys. Talk to you that soon. Was good that was, that was I like how my picture looks like. I just want I want nothing to do with you guys right now. <laughs> I haven't oh. seen it yet, so I'm good. I'm excited. We'll come in like halfway through this. Um, yeah. Sweet. Well, moving forward. Um, so, dude, thanks for bearing with us. This is our first one, so I'm sure we're going to seem highly unprofessional the entire time. This is this is the fun of it, dude. It's it's uh. 10.30 on a on Wednesday morning quarantine. What else have I got to do? Me right too. I have my ninth <laughs> cup of coffee and a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Kai, I thought that your your comment about, yeah, I looked at my schedule and, yep, nothing for forever. Yep. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's weird. I actually have like a little work to do this week, um, and that felt really strange <laughs> to have. Like, oh, okay, I got to put on my other hat and pretend that I'm a grown-up again. Which is no fun right now. We'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah. No. No. Um, um. So Evan and I, we were going to go through just a little intro of like how we met you. And I, I was trying to think back today about when we first met. And I I, I couldn't think of the... F- yeah. Let's not mention that Craigslist uh, casual encounter situation. Oh, I, I was going to bring that up, but I guess <laughs> I won't. Okay. Um, Got to rethink okay. everything okay. now. Um, <laughs> I, I think the first time I remember meeting you, I think was at the, the Jefferson fundraiser we played um for whatever charity that was but it 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 was funny thinking about the the occurrences and the the informality of that and it was cool thinking that uh, like four months ago we got to play the jeff headlining it you know for the thanksgiving show um yeah i forgot about that show shit i think we all did that's crazy um yeah on that was I think there was there was so much stress and weirdness around it. But uh yeah, shit, I forgot. Who else? I think was it the Currys? Huh. But yeah, that's it. I've actually no, I don't really know those guys at all. Okay. Um I don't I think it was like two kind of 
corporate fun fun funzy bands. Yeah. Something like that. And then it was but, Lord uh, Nelson and Willowman band and it was like I think we were we were at least we were like, Oh my gosh, we're finally playing the Jefferson. We've made it for a fundraiser. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a corporate construction working yeah. fundraiser. <laughs> where you had to secure five thousand dollars in order to play a free yes. show. <laughs> I lost my shit over that. that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, listen guys, if you can't come up with the money, like we're just gonna have to kick you from the bill like a week beforehand. Oh, Fine. oh that's bad. kidding me? We're volunteering to play a free show and you want us to go find five grand? Yeah, no. I've heard of pay to play oh, not in this scenario though. That's no. No. <laughs> I love building goodness. Great job, guys, but what the fuck? <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I totally uh, forgot that. But yeah, and uh now uh <laughs> you uh pulled me into the fold with uh with our day jobs as well. So really I have I have you to thank for my, my life trajectory really. <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks Will for for uh so Evan, how do you how, Evan, you know, how do you know all, Kai? All... <laughs> um so I, I I think Kai and I, I, again, I was trying to think back on this as well, but uh, um, I think we we met at a show, right, Kai? That sounds right. I think there's, my problem with all the musicians I know here is we just sort of became knowing each other, <laughs> and it's there's so many shows where we've, <laughs> we've shared bills or been in the audience or seen each other, and like, yo, man, your band is great, and then you suddenly you're friends, and yeah. then you're having beer, and then I I think for me, it's hard to pinpoint exactly meeting either of y'all. It's just like a general awareness of your bands and what right. you're doing in the scene. And then next thing you know, we're, we're playing music together and hanging out. And so, yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, our first show together was, I believe that was in Richmond, um, right? That was like 2016 or 2017, I believe. And it was us and you and... Um, I think at Dar, right? Yeah, at the uh, Capoeira House. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yep. So then we did we did that, and then we also had uh, we also had a couple other shows that we did. Um, I know we did one in uh, it was a barbecue um, out in Nelson County somewhere. Um, that sounds like oh, a good yeah. time. Oh yeah, that's uh, that was wild. I forgot about that. And yeah. then half your band uh, showed up late, and you were yep. stressing out really bad. Oh yeah, and they were just. <laughs> trying to pull a prank on you. And it's like, oh, that's hilarious to the guy who's like booking and organizing everything. <laughs> Just watching that, that entire range of emotions go through your face. I was like, I know this way too well, man. I, I can empathize. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like... Yeah, just be the guy responsible for all all the stuff and and have the rest of the band be like, haha, you know, we're 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 late, you know, LOL, jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. that was a dark day for Evan, but <laughs> I've had I've had many a dark day since, unfortunately. <laughs> hey man, that's that's business. And uh, the fact that you were you you quickly rebounded from that and were uh, and you guys played a great show. I was like, okay, this guy knows how to roll with it. So that's yeah, and that's not easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's been a that's been a, a learned and a, I guess acquired uh, responsibility is yeah, just learning how to how to roll with the flow. And um, you know, I, I know that actually Will sent me uh, a meme the other day, and it had like seven responses uh, to the guy standing in the back of the room, uh, and one of those was, <laughs> "Where the f is my band?" and uh, <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't remember the others, but they were all hilarious. Um, oh, the one that the and, one that got so that, me was that, the the Instagram story. 
Like I I, f- I feel like yes. obligated by like law every time we have we're like playing before a band or something or after a band. It's like if you don't if you don't post them in your story and tag them and like say how awesome they are, then you just you suck as a human being. You're just a terrible <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, you you have no empathy. You don't care about your <laughs> yeah. fellow musicians. Feel so much pressure. Well, so you- it's not on social media. Then then how does anybody know that you're a caring human? Right, Pixar, it didn't happen, man. Yeah, if you don't there post you the show, it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so Kai, what uh, what's your general quarantine routine these days? That's a good question. Um, I think I went through all the like the first few weeks. I was just all over the map. Um, but I've been trying hard to kind of keep a routine, like not staying up super late and trying to get up early ish <laughs> and uh but i'm getting this i think i was saying to my wife yesterday it's the most sleep i've ever had as an adult in a concentrated period of time yeah there's just mm. it's never happened <laughs> and it feels great it's crazy um but uh yeah been out we live off a of dirt road here in the middle of nelson county and so we're pretty isolated but can go for walks and go for a run on our road and it's really nice and quiet and so between doing that and we've been uh, renovating, been renovating my kitchen, doing a bunch of work in the house, helping my dad out with some uh, construction projects at their house, which is nearby, and then um, mm. trying to do some some music work when I can. Got two albums. I'm trying to. I've been the slow process of teaching myself how to comp vocals successfully at home and and put all those together and keep the. I don't know. It's weird to try to put a. And this is something we may touch on because I know it affects both of y'all, but how to put together a record right now when um when you have no idea how and when it's gonna see the light of day and why and how should it and all those questions and but still trying to motivate yourself to keep keep plugging along and get the thing yeah. done. So yeah, the daily existential stuff that I think everyone's going through, but been uh been pretty fortunate with the situation. Are you because I have a lot of those same issues, do you find that you like are addressing those on a daily basis and trying to like push through them and solve every problem under the sun. Are you, is it like a mixture of that and distraction or like, like how are you mentally going forward with those questions that none of us have any symbols of an answer to? I think my instinct is normally just, and has been that sort of that mindset. If you need to constantly be moving, you need to have a plan. You need to be communicating with people, setting things up, uh, the logistics, the booking, the, the hustle behind it. That's always sort of been, I guess my MO for the past several years. And so now kind of removing that was weird for the first couple of weeks, but now I've sort of settled into like, okay, I can just walk away from this and walk with the dog in the woods, or I'm going to go make some coffee and paint my kitchen and come back to it. And just ha- realizing that without any, anything on the horizon really that I've just been letting myself kind of drift a little between project to project as, and then I'll, you know, after I paint the kitchen, I'm like, man, that feels great. I just, now it looks totally different and I'm ready to go back in and try to, to work on some music. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of sounds like you've got like just this, yeah, this really just nice, uh, flow of things. Um, just, yeah. Being able to roll from, you know, one thing to the next. Um, I, have you had the, the experience of, oh gosh, what, what day is it? What time is it? Um, you know, I feel like I'm in Las Vegas, but I'm also not, 
Um, I, that's something that I feel like I've had where it's like, oh, you know, what's what's the drink of the of the moment? Uh, it could be coffee. <laughs> it could be tequila. <laughs> It's kind of like being on tour at home without a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way. It's, it's That's a really good analogy. And if you, I don't know, it doesn't really <laughs> compute, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I've totally lost track of days. Um, my wife's gone back to work, so that helps me to know what day it is. Um, and But try to do things, like I've been making pancakes every Saturday morning, like trying to have little nice. ways to mark the time for myself, just because, you know. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's it's been interesting. Yeah, we, yeah, I've, I've sorry, I was say we we uh, every Saturday we order burritos from from the local coffee shop. That's our that anchors my entire week these days. <laughs> nice. I mean, you know, nothing like a good burrito to you know anchor your your body and your your mental state. A nine pound ham or a burrito like you? <laughs> there you go. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess, you know, as I had just mentioned, uh, you know, the drink of the moment is, you know, coffee or something harder. Um, like, is there anything particular that you've decided to drink in the morning? Like, what's your what's your coffee routine since, again, this is called Deep Cuts and Coffee? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of changed a lot of things. I've used this as a, a chance to, to try a lot of things in my life differently because I realize I've just sort of been on the same plane for years and um i took a break from from drinking in the winter and then when quarantine hit i was like you know what i'm just gonna see how this goes and uh and then i I cut back on coffee which i absolutely love so now i've been easing things back in as a as more of a treat so i'll have coffee like two maybe two times a week now like on the weekend and then one well these gray days and rainy days have been tricky but um but yeah (laughs) you should get up have a cup of tea and yeah just between i think just being more in touch with what i'm i'm consuming and trying to exercise more and and do all these things after years of just being on the road and shuffling anything in my face that i needed to keep me going um it's been a weird change, but it's been great. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think right now it's, I don't know. I don't know what why I'm doing all this, but it's it's been fun to to just experiment with with things on a health <laughs> basis. And I think, uh, yeah, working coffee back in has been been a beautiful thing. And uh, But it's, like, I grew up drinking tea, and so it's been weird. It's been nice to reconnect with that part. And uh, so it's, uh, I've got, like, really good tea I'm having every morning, and then, you should coffee on the weekends or, or here and there. But that's a lot of information about what I'm doing. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so I assume that you're a loose leaf guy. Mm-hmm. I am, uh, in fact, right now drinking a cup of uh, Lapsang Suchong, which is a smoked black tea. Ooh. It's real good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, hey, just uh, to take it back a second. Um, mm-hmm curious kai like how has how is having to slow down this much changed how you think about music like intrinsically because i know for me it's I, i'm like you i mean i'm just all eyes forward and i think about music a lot as a business um because we have to but it's it's made me like try and get back to the joy of just why i got into this in the first place which is making music has like how you create and how you look at creating changed. Mm, that's a good way of thinking of it. Um, 
Yeah, I think I've felt, so I don't know everyone's creative process, but for me, I found I often got my best work done in the car between places or like it was one time I had quiet mental time that I could just work through things where like if I'm going for a run or walking the dog. Um, but now sort of not having a schedule being untethered, it's allowed me to kind of drift, which has been fun. And I think it's made me approach things creatively a lot differently in that, especially as I'm trying to comp vocals to tracks that I've cut a year ago and trying to still stay emotionally connected to those songs, which feel so distant, but also being able to sit down and, and put down an idea for three minutes and then be able to move on and not feel that pressure. Like, okay, I have half an hour today of free time. I need to like get this idea down. Um, so I don't know that it's any more productive. I don't know that I'm writing more than I was before, but the process has just felt more enjoyable mm-hmm. and that more carefree. Um, been trying to like write on the piano a little more, just being able to, to move around the house from instrument to instrument to kind of carry that idea as a thread throughout the day more so than I wasn't able to before because there's not as much distracting from that thought process. But Interesting. How about, yeah. How about you? How's that going for you? Um, it's uh, You, you kind of nailed on the head. Like I, I wouldn't say I'm more productive than I was before. I, I'm the kind of person that the busier I am, the more I get done. Um, and I need mm-hmm. parameters. Um, and for me, not having deadlines these days makes it hard to get motivated but i do find that when i do write it's it seems very candid um because it's just what i'm feeling i'm not writing towards a certain project i'm not writing to you know add another single to an album that fits within uh you know themes that i need to fit within so um, it's kind of like you I'm, i'm just kind of i'm kind of meandering i think a lot more um and I think this entire process has made me look, you know, look at myself as a whole, um, just a lot because I've had the time, um, and the lack of movement that's allowed me to do that. So I think, I think it will impact my writing a lot more, um, you know, down the line. Mm-hmm. In terms of subject matter, have you found that it's like you're, you're drawing on and feeling a need to write about sort of our current situation or are you finding that it's trying out different different types of I struggle with that man like I um I was listening to an interview um with someone the other day talking about screenwriting for shows moving forward and they were they were saying you know like what the hell do we write for do we write for a post-pandemic lifestyle and address this thing head-on for the audience or do we do Mm -hmm. we you know do we skip over it and I kind of have similar thoughts I'm like do I a do I want to go about this and talk about it and I think I should because it's a very real thing it's and I think if music is unifying, I think talking about the isolation and loneliness and confusion of this could be extremely unifying. Um, but at the same time, it's it's hard not to be heavy-handed about this. Um, so mm-hmm. to answer your question, I have been writing within the paradigm of, of, a, of a pandemic, um, but I'm not sure entirely how I want to like encompass all of it. Um, if I were to release something yeah. as like a, you know, a, a body of work from this period. So I, I think, I think for me, like, you know, as, uh, you know, as a, as an outsider to, um, 
your creative process, Will, and also yours as well, Kai. Like I've listened to to the works that both of you guys have done. And I mean, for Will, like I think that you've done a really good job in the past of just, again, like writing where you're at. Um, and obviously like the record that you've been working on, um, which again, we're trying to figure out when that's going to be released and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, something that you've again done really well is just writing for the moment and writing for the the season of life that you've been in. So I, I obviously like as a, uh, as a supporter and as someone who's like directly involved in your music, like that's something that I feel like showcases, um, the most authentic side of you is, is writing the thing that has just happened or is happening, um, in your life. And I think that it makes it that much easier for your audience to connect. Um, you know, like as a, as a listener, um, like I go back to your last EP crossroads and listen to that frequently. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it was so easy the first time that I listened to it and, and I still these subsequent times, um, to, to get like the exact feelings, um, out of it that again, knowing, knowing your story and, and Janie's story and that kind of thing, um, to, to like feel what almost feel what you guys were feeling in that moment from that, from that work. Um, just because again, you, you wrote it during that, that time period in your life that you were trying to figure out what was next. Um, you know, to only have things completely change and then, uh, you know, walking through that, it was, it was super evident in that work. Um, and then Kai, like with the, the first Lord Nelson record, um, I felt like I was, I was like in the room, uh, experiencing like the stories that you guys were sharing, um, from like the Hills of Nelson County that you guys had heard your entire lives that you guys had lived, um, like the life that you had lived up into that point and you had written them and put them out there with, with that in mind. So I feel like, again, just coming back to that, that idea that I talked about, um, uh, stuff that's written in the moment, I think it's the most important art that could be created and it's the most authentic art that could be created. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I, Kai, I'd like to hear your opinion on this too. It's, I think that some of the best writing that's going to come from this, and I think that is a silver lining, is that there's going to be some incredible art, whether it's screenplays or or visual art or um, audio art. I think the best stuff that's going to come from it is going to address this in a way that's universal, because my isolation is not your isolation, and our isolation mm-hmm. in rural Virginia is not the same as someone in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think what for me is going to be the most challenging part of writing about this period is just how to, how to address it conceptually thematically like some of my favorite writers that talk about it in a way that everyone cannot, can, can relate. Um, and I think yeah. like, like the Jason Isle record just came out and I know he wasn't writing for this period at all because he probably wrote this, six to 12 months ago, but he's such a great writer that I find a lot of the themes in his new work that even apply to my life right now, even though I, he didn't even Mm -hmm. know this was going to happen. So I guess what I'm saying is that I, I really want to try and hit standards like that. Um, whether I'm writing for a pandemic world or a post pandemic world that can, that has emotional depth that can kind of span across 
the craziness that is life right now. I think I think like what you're hitting at there, Will, like the thing that is is the most um I guess the most universal, the most uh accepted um by the great you know the great writers of our time, I think the thing that they excel at and did excel at, um, you know, for those people that have that were before us, um, I think it was the fact that they understood the the human condition and like the core, like what what things we as humans value, um, you know, like love and um, uh, you know, going after dreams and um, you know, I guess like those core, those core feelings and emotions and where, where they come from, um, how people respond to events and that kind of thing. I think, I think that's how they made art that was so universal, um, is because of that understanding. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think you hit on something there. It's, you know, what makes a good song, what makes people want to like, what are people turning to now? Are people and what, where are people finding comfort? Where are people seeking meaning? And uh, it's inter- exactly what you were saying. It made me think, well, that um, so I'm, I'm working on a project myself, a, a, a solo project that Evan played drums on. And some of the tracks that I've, I'm really excited about now, I played for a friend and he said, did you just write these now like this is this is about what's going on right now right and i was like this was i wrote this a year ago (laughs) and we tracked it like eight nine months ago and he's like really i was like and it made me realize exactly we're talking about that it gave me some confidence in some of the songs because my feeling was we did these i did these a while ago at a place in my life where it spoke to a certain thing but now if somebody is is reading that is able to um bring it into their their current lens of what's going on then it's like okay well maybe there is some something here that that's hitting in the right nerve because ultimately i was really debating on whether and how to release things now and and how it would be colored by what's going on on uh, and the releasing of it's a whole different discussion but just how people will interpret your work through through their, their current life situation and finding a way to make that like you said universal that somehow taps into the human condition that that brings some something to their their life, and that's why someone like John Prine, I think, is is just the universal. Uh, I guess Mount all faces on Mount Rushmore for in this <laughs> in this world, because mm-hmm. um, I think it's that ability to to simplify and speak to the bigger picture. And I'm I've never been good at at sort of addressing something head on in the moment. I've tried, and it, I just hate everything I create. And so I mm-hmm. find it it just like it takes me a little distance from it before I can actually speak to it with some thought and clarity that I'm just, I'm not good with the, the quick passionate moment mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of, of an event or a major thing. Um, and we all work differently, but I'm, I'm sure that there'll be, I don't know, these songs for me at least will, the ones I'm working on now, it's, it's been not directly addressing what's going on, but there's like melancholy and loneliness that seep into the cracks. I, th- I find and it's weird mm-hmm. to, to see how those things uh, manifest themselves in your writing. Yeah, I, I yeah. completely agree with you about yeah. the, the separation. I'm, I'm the same way. I've got a, the most traumatic events in my life, and I'm always like, well, this would be great to write about. I, I can never write about it in the moment. I've got to let it like marinate yeah. and kind of like process through the filter of, of time. Because um, if I don't, 
but it's great to do it. <laughs> like you sit down and like do a demo on your phone of like when you're really upset or something and then you come back and listen to it. It's like, man, that was garbage. But <laughs> I like this one line. That was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> th- and I think it's really important to like remember and write down those feelings. But if I just go for mm-hmm. something that sounds like I'm 14 years old writing about like a breakup in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess are there are there any um, Kai are there any subjects or experiences that like it's taken I don't know like for instance you know like ten years to to come back to um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Drew Holcomb before but um, mm-hmm. he just released a record this past fall called Dragons um, which is an awesome record by the way you should totally go listen to it if you haven't yet um, but there's a song on it um, about his. Uh, his brother, uh, who had um, a disability, who passed away when when he was when Drew was fairly young, um, I think he was in his like teens or whatever. But anyways, over the past you know ten or fifteen years that he's been in the music biz, he's tried to to write a song about that event, and he finally uh, for this record was able to put put something down on paper. Um, but it, again, it's taken him 15 years basically, uh, to do that. Like, is there anything for you that it's kind of been the, the story that you want to get out, uh, and you've tried before, but you just, you just can't. So that's a good question. Um, I think for me, I'm not a very autobiographical writer when it comes to songs and that I look at, um, I sort of look at it like, like theater at times and, I use different different songs as different scenes <laughs> to sort of, mm-hmm. and they're not all connected by story or, or narrator. But I think I, there's there's pieces that I'm able to get out of one story across many songs. And I think for like my like for the Lord Nelson stuff, I view I view that as Saturday night, and I view the stuff I write for towards my solo project as sort of Sunday morning. And that's the way mm. I've I've let my brain uh, put those songs in each each respective bucket as, as they come through. And I think, but I sort of approach, I've found a way to, to sort of, uh, diversify my thought process of writing, which has been nice. And that, and like in my solo stuff, um, I think it, I'm allow myself to be more personal and I, but it's, there's parts of, if each song that there's some personal experience, so I guess long, long answer, but there's, there hasn't been like, there's lots of things in my life that I'm starting to lean into more in my past that in my current songwriting. And I think that part of that is like, I've been, I took my old family, um, photo albums home to, to scan the images just so I could have digital versions of them and, um, spending more time around my dad and asking him stories about, about our family and our past as we've been putting sighting on the house and, uh, doing those sort of things over the past few weeks. It's really been great to, because I think it's it's easy for me to to just move past things quickly and keep moving, and uh, it's been nice to sort of reflect a bit more in this period. But I think there hasn't been a specific thing that I've been um, just I need to write this song about this experience. But I think I've allowed myself to bring personal experiences into the stories that I'm I've been writing a lot more. Hell yeah. Um, to pivot because I could talk on this one subject for like six days. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Kai, what do you miss the most right now? It can be music related or not music related, but what, what has quarantine life taken that you are most looking forward to getting back? 
You know, I I think I could be a hobbit at heart, really. Like <laughs> it's I'm really fine. My my mental health, my physical health, my creative side of things now has been awesome. But um but there the other day someone was talking to me about one of the venues in town and it just like flashed to the last show we had there and then it made I got all sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know man, when are we going to be able to do this again? And just that the things, the slog that we all both promote and complain about of a promotion of gigs, of all that stuff. And it's really hard to make money, even if it, you're doing everything right. And so, But I think we've, we focus on that, the business growth, the money, the like, are you doing what you can to keep up with everybody? And I think mm-hmm. taking that out of it and just now I really miss – what I got in it for, just playing music and sharing that exchange with people, no matter how small the crowd. And I'm just really excited to get back out there and uh, and just let it out at a show because I really do miss that. And I realized that um, having gone this long without playing a show, it, it just it's this weird, like emotional backup <laughs> that yeah. that I wasn't expecting. You know, I, I'm not someone who has to like be the center of attention at a party and, and be carrying on and, and going crazy and all that. But it, I find that I really need this outlet, this way of, um, of communicating with other people. And I really mm-hmm. miss that. Yeah. It's, it's the communal aspect is, is something that like, I know that I've, I've really missed. And, and that's what you were alluding to too was, yeah, again, it's not being on stage. It's just, you know, being in the room with other people and, and sharing a part of your soul that, unfortunately it doesn't feel like it can be shared in any other way other than through music. Yeah. And that's like, as exactly, man, that's, um, as people have been talking about, well, when this stops and people, and we go back to shows, like people won't have money to go out. It could be lots of independent venues will close down. Lots of bands are going to fall, lots of agencies. That's it. Like, and that's really, I think become increasingly true. However, mm-hmm. my faith is still, in people wanting to experience things together in a dark room with loud music or quiet music. And I think it's that there's, that is some universal thing that from the dawn of time we've gathered around fires and told stories. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is a human, human universal thing that, that really gives me faith that this is when we come out the other side, there's going to be a lot more, a lot more joy, maybe a lot less people taking cell phone videos and, drinking beers and yelling in the back um, <laughs> and really just wanting to dance and have fun and, and uh, make that exchange uh, special again, which we yeah, all need. I'm, I'm hoping the, yeah. all of the lack of music um, just emphasizes for people how much they need live music again rather than the inverse. I mean, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think there are going to be some really tumultuous times ahead and and a lot of the... You know the the halls in which we've played music might not survive this, and I think music might be made within a different format moving forward. But I do think people sitting at home for you know three or four months not seeing live music is just going to make them appreciate it even more. That's that's my hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, moving forward, gentlemen. Uh, Evan, you want to kick off the next section, bud? Yeah. Um, so I guess like for you, Kai, 
Um, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, your solo project and, and your, uh, your band project that you've been a part of. Um, but I, I guess, do you, do you want to kind of talk a little bit more about like what those are and, um, you know, who's, who kind of influenced you in, in starting those up? Sure. Um, I think the nexus of the band, it, it started off and like any band, we've been through so many iterations and sound changes and personnel lineup changes and that's just part of attrition and life and making ten dollars a night at out-of-town venues and people saying this is insane which it makes sense that's what normal humans should say (laughs) um but i think when we started it was very much a uh there wasn't i always wanted to i had ambition to play shows but it wasn't so much like hey we want to get rich and famous i just wanted to be find a way to keep playing shows and that if you keep doing X, then you can mm-hmm. get to the next show. And then, um, but yeah, I always started, and I sort of by default came into this place because every band, every time I was younger in bands, I was never the, saw myself as the front guy. I was like, I had another friend singing or I was, but I, it ended up me being the one kind of booking the next gig and, and finding out if we could borrow a microphone and do we know a buddy within a PA system and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I think the, you know, we started playing in, Lord Nelson started in orchards and field parties and living rooms and late night parties around Nelson County and in Albemarle and stuff years ago. And and I think it could have easily just stayed there and everybody would have been pretty happy with it. But um, we decided to keep kind of pushing forward and I wanted to keep playing shows. So <laughs> it, uh, it just kind of grew from there and we've, you know, it's, it, I've learned to let go a lot of, and this this period has helped a lot for me to be um, to kind of want to control things and keep things moving the way I, I perceive them, and to just sort of let it breathe organically and let um, let the right people find their way, let the right songs find their way, let the right attitudes come through. And um, I think our music has gotten like the record. So we're sitting on a record that we recorded a year ago. We got back off the road last summer tracked a whole record pretty quick and then since we've been doing all ourselves there's the joy and frustration of that of um and now we're sort of in the weeds of fine-tuning it and also what's a rush first man let's just get this done so we can move on and the idea was just to cut our live record that um that felt very live and and how we think our sound is now um which has evolved over time and uh so that's sort of where where Lord Nelson is at right now. We're, we're, we've all sort of just been hunkering down and, and taking care of our personal lives and, and catching up on sleep and uh, work here and there. But uh, just very eager to get this record done. And I think, uh, sorry, I know that it wasn't what you asked where the record was, but uh, <laughs> there it is. That's what's so on I my guess- mind. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to do you want to I guess um discuss more like what what is what has been the sound of Lord Nelson and yeah. it do, is this record going to kind of shift that sound at all? Um I think the beauty of the band when it started is like a lot of people who helped start the band had very different musical backgrounds and that mm-hmm. was a really great conversation to have in the creative process and in writing and recording. And as the lineups have changed, as the bands evolved, um, I think it's gone. We've gone from sort of our first record felt very 
it was just kind of raw and, and rootsy and um, with some modern rock elements in it. And um, then our second record, Through the Night, was very much a studio record since uh, we hadn't really worked in a you know real studio environment, and that was great to do. Uh, but that's, that record was all written on the road, sort of in pieces. We were touring a lot for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of hear that now, that it... it feels a little more disjointed um than i would have liked but i'm I'm happy with the way it turned out and then our our record we're, fi- we're working on now is very much um it's much bigger a lot more guitars more rock and roll um just a louder bigger record um and we have and callaway our guitarist who whose brother henry helped start the band and henry's moved to to colorado um and so Callaway's been been writing a bunch more now too. So it's it's great to have to not just be the sole writer on mm-hmm. the project, to have other input, to have other guys, um, to have other voices involved. And that's something that I've always wanted with Lord Nelson is the band has been the model. And I love the the idea of there's a group of guys and they each take turns singing songs and there's the this energy being passed around between all the members. Um that it's not one guy up front with a spotlight and five guys dressed in black in the, in the background. Um, so that was always pretty important and it's, it's a very collaborative process. It's very, um, on the music side and we, uh, you know, I'll bring a song and then everyone kind of adds their parts and figures it out. But I think now we kind of, we're all very clear of where the band is musically. So it's easy to write Mm -hmm. for me towards that. It's like Lord Nelson is going to be, fun rock and roll it'll have some some big moments some quieter moments but it's it's uh it's just kind of 70s rock and roll right now which is which has been a blast so is that is that like 70s uh is that 70s theme uh is that something like are those your influences like uh did you grow up listening to that stuff or was there something else that you grew up listening to that then when just the project started that you were like, Oh, well, this is what, these are the the folks that are going to influence this project. But for me, I listen to other stuff. Um, for the Lord Nelson project, that's a band record. It's been, I've been trying to be very open to, I mean, we all have strong opinions, but you know, Calloway, as he says, hasn't listened to a record after 1979. And <laughs> he, jo- I mean, it's not true, but he sort of, that's his, his mantra. And I, mm-hmm. um, and we bonded over that, that we, uh, you know, I think between 73 and 78 to 79 is like the greatest period of rock and roll and tracks like, I mean, Damn the Torpedoes, uh, Born to Run, like you can go down the list of some of the, the big rock albums that, that really right. were important to me growing up. Um, and so I think just going, I think for the mentally moving away from the making a song too precious in the studio and making it feel too orchestrated, and this was just much more of a live feel. And um, and Johnny's a just a hell of a a pocket drummer. Like that dude is a born metronome, so it's really easy to just groove around him, and the songs quickly come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, just not saying, "Hey, I don't want this." tone i don't want that thing there i want this and it's it's like great let's just see what happens and that's been fun and uh and kind of unleashing callaway a lot on this record of of with guitars like there's a there's a lot of guitars and it's it's great i love it um 
And so that was that was really fun to take the songs instead of kind of writing for the studio and doing them. These are songs that we played on the road, were pretty smoking tight on, and then just get in the studio and adding cool parts and, and polish. But it's the bones were all pretty much intact. The body was there. So Kai, nice. I'm I'm uh, I'm nice. stalking. So like you mentioned, what's up? Yo, sorry, go ahead. We, Will. we all there? Yeah. I mean, I said, sorry, it doesn't sound like I'm 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 stalking yep. guy. Um, Kai, I'm stalking your Facebook right now, and uh, <laughs> I've been I've been following along your um, <laughs> your your album releases with no information, which is very cryptic. Um, and I'm just noticing you have a very oh very the, like wide the, the ten records thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a, a very diverse list of influences. I mean, we're talking wildflowers to Steve Earle's Guitar Town. Um, do you try and and bring in that type of diversity into, you know, either Lord Nelson or your solo stuff? Um, for Lord Nelson, I think that it's the one of my favorite things about being in the van is, and you may have experienced this, is um, both you guys, is when you fall asleep in in the seat and you wake up and you play the game without opening your eyes, who's driving based on the music playing. <laughs> and that's been a blast because there's, there's, there's some records we all love in common and there's enough there that we all gravitate towards. Like everybody, we all love Steve Earle. Like, you know, there's, we all love Tom Petty. There's the classics, but like Callaway will listen to like, like Mushuga or like, you know, deep purple or some classic nice. like metal. Um, Nico has like a really eclectic, moderate, like kind of Indian punk stuff. Um, Johnny will like, I remember waking up, coming through um, like at sunrise, driving through Colorado, listening to the new Casey Musgraves and Johnny's just singing along in the front seat. And it was, it's, so I think having that, that diversity that everyone brings to it, but everyone in the crew right now is really good at being in the studio and supporting the song and seeing what it needs. And like, Callaway's like, hey, is I'm gonna play a sweet pick solo here, but if it like if you really hate it, let me know. I'm like, okay, man, like it doesn't quite work for this song. Like, All right, fine, I'll try it somewhere else. So I don't think we're actually like, hey, we want this record to sound like uh, you know, uh hard promises or something like that. And I think it's mm-hmm. but I think we have all the that kind of bouncing around in our collective brains, and as we put the songs together live. So yeah, for Lord Nelson, it's pretty organic. It's pretty much just, hey, here's the progression. Like, let's try this out. And right now, we're predominantly just a straight-ahead classic rock four-piece, which there's no not a lot of synths. There's no, um, there's not a lot of keys or stuff like that going on in the core group. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes it, uh, it makes it pretty, a pretty classic palette to work with, which is fun. And um, don't get too lost in the details there. So, and then with my solo project, which I'm working on, that it's the complete opposite, which I love. It's the songs are. I have a very clear idea of what I want them to be. I love talking to my buddy who's doing all the key overdubs about, um, you know, which synthesizer that Jeff Lynn used on Wildflowers that he wants to use on that on my track and like all that stuff that I really love nerding out over. And really love getting the weeds of references and listening to tones. And so for me, like having both these going on could be like musically bipolar, but I, it's or schizophrenic rather. But um, but it's been really 
rewarding for me to have like sort of the the big the big broad strokes of Lord Nelson right now, and then sort of the intricate nerdery of my own uh, solo project. Yeah, that that sounds like a nice combo. I as someone who went from the full band format and now has brought it down to to solo, that that separation would be nice. Sometimes I do wish. I could write in different styles, and I can, but when you're solo, it's it's not like you've got this outlet of Lord Nelson, um, which, like you said, is is Saturday night versus Kai Corgetti's writing for Sunday morning. Um, so we're getting to the end, dude. <laughs> and, like, I don't and, know if and, any idea if this shit will stick to the wall, but... <laughs> yeah, well, that's the nice thing about it, especially, oh, especially right now. But that's yeah, the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think especially right now, the beauty in all this time is that we can throw anything at the wall, be it creatively or on the back end and the business end, like and just see what sticks. It's it's scary because I don't know what's gonna stick, but we're all in the same boat and can yeah. and can just go for it. <laughs> um, well, dude, we're getting to the ends. I've just got a couple more questions for you. Um, since this is called. Yeah. Deep cuts and coffee. We'd be remiss if we didn't get to the deep cuts portion. So I'm I'm gonna ask you two pretty uh, pretty grandiose questions, um, but I think knowing <laughs> your music knowledge, you're gonna have solid answers to both. Um, first question: Is there a favorite deep cut of yours um, that you probably wouldn't hear on the radio from a favorite artist um, that really resonates with you? Um, for any reason, and that can be on any album ever. Um, so that's the grandiose part. Um, but looking at the albums on your Facebook, there's certainly plenty of deep, cut, deep cuts off of all those classics that I don't think got it half the the uh, attention they deserved. Are, are there any songs, or is there a song that's a deep cut that comes to mind that you're just like totally infatuated with? Oh, by any artist, that's tricky. Um... Probably uh, it'll all work out by Tom Petty, and it's one that I've—I don't think I've ever heard a cover of it, and it's a—it's a really different song for him, and it combines my favorite things. It, it has a really sarcastic, uplifting message, <laughs> and it's—it's <laughs> it's, uh, quiet and a bit morose and simple, and. Um, yeah, I just I really love that song, and I come back to it. And it was in it like a period of his career when things weren't going great. It didn't the record didn't do well. It was kind of between periods, and it just it kind of felt like a lost era of his career. Um, mm. And I think that I just love how that kind of stick stuck out to me and caught me years ago, and I just keep coming back to it. So yeah, that that'd be my choice. It'll all work out. Tom nice, Petty. it's a solid answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part B of that question. Is there a song of yours in your catalog that has resonated with you that maybe didn't get the the radio attention you wanted it to, or just wasn't you know made for radio attention? Yeah, um, on our the Lord Nelson's first record, uh, the County. There's a song on there um, called Reckoning that I've I've really. It was the last thing that we put on the record. Um, in some ways, it doesn't quite fit, um, and I don't know if I mm-hmm. got the production the production right on it on the record on the version we did. But um, I'm really happy with how the song turned out, and it's it's grown since 
um, as we play it live to have a very to have a different vibe, which I really enjoy. And like most of our stuff is kind of big and rock and roll, and so for that song's a little more. It's like I snuck in a, a songwriter song onto a rock record, <laughs> is how I yeah. feel. And it, uh, yeah, that was one that that came from uh, an experience and a gentleman I met, and I was able to. I feel like distill that. I feel you know you know how it goes. Like you're like okay, out of all the songs I wrote, you know, out of every fifty, you're like I got one. Yeah, <laughs> and so I feel like. <laughs> I got one there, but yeah, that would be reckoning. Would be awesome, that's a great song. I've I've mm. I've watched the video to that one, and it's a it's a super powerful song. Thanks, man. Um, well, dude, Kai, thank you so much for joining us. This is our first one, and uh, you're our guinea pig. Can't have asked for a better guest, though. And um, just yeah. glad to talk to two musicians during all of this because you can feel uh, very lonely. Um navigating these uncharted waters and every time i talk to a musician it's it's reassuring that to know that i'm not the only one slowly losing my mind in my sweatpants <laughs> there's your title for your record right boom yeah i wasn't gonna tell anybody <laughs> but i feel pretty strongly about it <laughs> well no thanks guys it's been a it's been a blast always always great hanging and uh total pros this is eager to see uh where this takes off to um well before Absolutely. we lose you, Kai, where can people find your music and uh, find out more about Lord Nelson? Sure. Um, LordNelsonBand.com is our website, and uh, we're on Instagram, also Lord Nelson Band, And then on Facebook, you can find us. Uh, we are not the guy from the Caribbean named Lord Nelson. We're <laughs> the other one. And... Uh, yeah, we've been kind of kind of keeping our head down, but we're we're starting to uh, put some things together, start rolling out here in in the uh, the coming weeks, and uh, yeah, so check it out. Awesome. Um, well, you want to play a song for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think I'll do a new one here. This is a song um, that Evan actually played on the studio version of that has not been released yet. And it's it's fun to sit on a record that I'm really excited about that uh, that no one's heard yet, <laughs> except for me, Ad Nauseam. Um, <laughs> so here is a song um, I wrote about a year ago, but it's felt kind of relevant now, called uh, Heavy as Heaven. Take it away. You shot first, waited for the blood to land. And giving up was never in your plan. But now you say you want a whole new start. But these April nights are tearing me apart. You said you seen the good ones all go first And leaving us shuffling around this dirt We're broken and we're damaged and we're cursed But the best of us can push against the worst Heal me now I'm in need of stitches And I've been out 
run in the ditches You got a heart That feels a great depression But I know it's hard When you're heavy as heaven There's a hole that we both fell through I'm turning all, all our reds to blue You said it feels like all we do is grieve In this crowded room I'm just trying to breathe Heal me now I'm in need of stitches And I've been out Running the ditches You got a heart That feels a great depression But I know it's hard When you're heavy as heaven And you're carrying Don't you know that I hear them howl each and every day? So heal me now, I'm in need of stitches, and I've been out running the ditches. You got a heart. But I know it's hard When you're heavy as heaven But I know it's hard When you're heavy as heaven